Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Stuart Blues, uh, common guest to the show. He's been on like six or seven. We've known each other, what, like two and a half years, three? Time flies. Yeah, probably yeah, about that, old. I think. You're getting old. Yeah, so I, when did I start? What, 2020? And you hooked it with you not long after that, I don't think. Did you pay me afterwards? Yeah, hooked up. I don't mean intercourse. <laughs> like in a little crappy <laughs> motel or something like that. That's where it would happen, 100%. And look at you now. You got a new studio. You look professional. You got a lighting that is making you look albino. Well, I know. It's set on white, but I'm quite a washed out person. It's not a fancy studio. Like behind me looks okay. But this side, the room is unpainted, unfinished. Only paint what the audience can see. That's a good rule for you. See, I had mine in front of that blackout curtain that's over here. And then I just was like trying to decide what I wanted to do there. I was like, just lights and that's it. I'm not going to hang anything up because, you know, just no. You're playing Jan. Kind of. But I have, I like to think I bring it out with my character, have a little bit of that personality. <laughs> well, that shelf was an absolute bastard to put together. I'm not handy at all. And uh, behind it, there's like different holes, you know, on different levels where I fucked it up. So it looks okay. I've got my little Santa Claus there. On, on his train, chilling. I got a shelf up here I put when I first moved into this place, and it has, like, a bunch of hot sauce bottles I got from guests on the show. In the beginning, were a lot of hot sauce people, and they sent me a bunch of bottles. I'm waiting for it to fall because it is not installed properly, but by the will of God, it has just stayed up there. So one of these times in the middle of a podcast, you just see a hot sauce bottle go through my eye, and the shelf hit me in the face, you know. That's the stuff that should be in the background, man. It's it's a storyteller. It's uh ooh, what's that? Hot this is sauce. enough. Oh. There's nothing back there, just lights. Except mm-hmm. the lights got me in trouble one time. Someone was like, Why'd you choose red? And I was like, I don't know. I just changing it up. I usually go with purple because it brings out my eyes. And they're like, Yeah, but did you choose red because you think I'm a Republican? And I'm like, Jesus. No. I didn't. I really didn't. I really <laughs> didn't choose that at all. Do you like blue? I choose blue, but it makes me look Egyptian a little bit. My skin comes out really, really orange. Hmm. Yeah, I got one of these uh, Govi lamp things. But I just set it to this because no other colors seem to work. Like yours is, I can see yours, but it's still quite only one sort of area is emanating from your. It's reversed. I'm assuming that's your right arm. That's your right arm. Yes. Why is my mirror image mirrored then and yours isn't? Because I'm the host. Okay. And I adjusted left arm, it in then. my settings. Did you? Right. And also, if you um, notice when you watch this on YouTube, I'm on the right and you're on the left. Mm-hmm. And That's if you, true. So when you go and look over, you're looking this way and I'm looking this way. So we never actually look like we're looking at each other's boxes. Like if I turn my head to... But what if we both go that way and and see now if you, you turn your head that way you're looking the wrong way. No, that, no, because these will. F- oh yeah. Yeah. See, f- so, so I could I just, like I this. could just, yeah. That's then you're talking to me. But th- we did the Brady Bunch. We just, you know. But if I, mean? I look that, if I look that Jesus. way, I'm looking at you right I'm now. I'm sorry for people listening. <laughs> I the real truth of the matter is, I could have easily grabbed this box and switched it over. Like if I did this and moved it over, look at that. Do you see it? Did it? Did it didn't do it on your screen? It did it to me. I this looks a thousand times better. Why am I not doing my show like this? See, I've just been too lazy. I didn't want to tell people about it, so I'm going to stick with doing it this way, and we're just going to have to deal. 
Okay. I want to have you back on the show to discuss your show, kind of, and some things you're working on. British Murders Podcast, everybody. If you ever listen to me in Stuart's discussions, it's two people with ADHD trying to figure out the world and hoping to God we don't get in trouble while doing it. But we do anyway. Yeah, that's true. Undiagnosed here, but probably do definitely have it, I think. Everyone has something. Yeah. Most people yeah, my... got a pension and some don't. That's true. Yeah, my show is on, surprise, surprise, British murder cases. Why? Exclusively British. British. Why? A racist. Some call me a colonial. <laughs> Colonialist, that's a good one. Or is it colonist? There's two different words that sound similar that mean very different things. One's colonist and one's colonialist. I think one of them is only correct, though. I feel like colonist is, is the right word. Do you and take colonial? Wait, do you is, take offense when someone says like the Native Americans or were slaughtered by the English? Because then they don't they mean you? Well, it's slaughtered by me, man. Weren't slaughtered by me. I don't take offense. Okay. It's obviously horrible that that happened, but it's it's out of my control. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, it happens hundreds of years ago. It's kind of like when someone tosses out a hypothetical: Would you kill baby Hitler in the crib? And you're kind of like, maybe. I don't know. Time travel doesn't exist. But could, wouldn't it make more sense to... It depends where you sit on the nature versus nurture argument. Wouldn't it make more sense to kill his caregivers because he's a baby and in theory his mentality was learned behavior? So so that baby could in theory grow up to be a normal, well-rounded person if the people who instilled those thoughts on him were wiped out is that not the better route to go than killing a baby who at that point was innocent i can swing this around to the podcast nature versus nurture do you think a lot of the killers that you've looked at have really had more of a experience type that has caused them to develop either the psychopathic tendencies or do you think it's more like some people are just born with it i think it's more nurture than nature I don't necessarily believe that people can be born inherently evil. I just, I don't think that's possible. I don't think there's like an evil gene. But then again, people do have sort of abnormalities within the brain. You know, there's a plethora of mental health issues, physical issues, and it all comes from the brain, right? Because that's the, any defect in the brain causes potential physical, emotional, mental unstability defects psychopathy everything like that so maybe it's possible but from my experience the one i've researched or the ones i've researched it's typically people who grew up either in you know they might have got bullied at school or they might have an unstable father figure or not have a father figure i'm looking at the men killers here because i cover women killers also but the, they're mainly men Let's be fair, against women, which is all. Wait, what? I thought it was mostly women are mostly serial killers and men are mostly mass killers. Not really, not here. I mean, the amount of serial killers we have is far, far fewer than in North America. But the the most infamous ones are typically men. Well, I mean, I, it depends. I think it's just the media's portrayal in that aspect of things. I think so. The lady in, uh, what is it, the lady of death or the angel of death, the woman that killed like 50-something babies or 60-something babies? Well, if you're talking about Beverly Allett, no. then, no? 
No. Well, she was known as that as well. But isn't it? Isn't it funny, in a sadistic way, how women killers, whenever they're given a moniker by the media, it's always to do with the feminine side. So, for example, the Peter Sutcliffe was called the Yorkshire Ripper, right? He was from Yorkshire and he brutally killed sex workers. So, hey, he got the moniker Yorkshire Ripper. You have Harold Shipman, who was called Doctor Death. And all these names, you know, the, the M1 maniac for Robert Black. But when you come to a nurse who killed, I think Beverly Alec killed about 13 babies. I might be getting that number wrong. What she is was her called last De- name? Alit. A-L-L-I-T or T-T. That's definitely not the one I'm thinking of. You might be thinking of Lucy Letby, who's recently been sent down. Maybe. But Beverly Alec was like early 90s. But both of those were called the angel of death. You know? So they kind of put a, almost a positive spin, like a feminine spin on these killers. It be- Do you not think it's because of the position that they're in, in the nursing field? Well, I don't, I don't think so, because Harold Shipman was a doctor. He was a, a general practitioner. Yeah, but nurses are more likely the ones that end up resuscitating or reviving a patient. A doctor's kind of more of the procedural type. It depends what field you're in, I suppose. Like he was in a, a GP, just a local doctor's office, if you want to call it that. They, and Beverly Alec worked, they both worked in neonatal wards. Just a general practitioner. You don't get the credit of having a cool ass serial no, That's just what they call it. They're just called GPs here. That's what our doctors are called, GP. You're the local doctor's not at a hospital, just at a local practice, like a converted house. We would call that a universal term because that would be the same thing that it is over here. Okay. What do you call a serial killer that kills someone with a rake? Sideshow Bob. That's a fair one, too. I don't like that's used in The Simpsons. You got to find a better one than that. <laughs> With a rake? Yeah. I don't know. I can already see the headline when manual labor goes bad. Little Timmy mm. wanted $20 for raking the whole four acres, but John only gave him 10 See, I'm not a big fan of monikers or nicknames for killers. It almost gives them a status of infamy, you know? It's, it's, it's easier to remember a nickname than it is to remember someone's name. Well, they stopped publicizing names of killers because it was giving them more press attention and more traction. So our media over here stopped publishing like t- terroristic acts. They don't publish the names of the people um, or they're not supposed to. They end up finding out the information later when it comes out, like in court case trials and things of that sort. But you never popularize it. This happened when um John Lennon was killed. Mark Chapman. Uh, even if you go into Beatles forums now and you mention Mark Chapman, there's a lot of Beatles forums that I'll be like, stop, he wanted fame. You're, you're, you're publicizing him. You want it. You're giving him exactly what he wants. Don't say his name. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're being honest about the whole Mark Chapman scenario, he's made up 80 different excuses as to why he did it. So I don't think it's fame. I think it's just something else. Mm. But so in those situations, if it's a terrorist act and they don't name the terrorist, do they not? instead give them a nickname then i don't know they didn't uh, announce the 13 whatever hijackers of 9-11 but i also think it's because they couldn't fucking pronounce half those names look at the list you cannot read one of those properly i forget what the i read a book once it was a fiction book and i had to look up this this killer had a picture of 
the the most well known guy. I forget his name. Can't think of his name on his wall, and I was like, "Who the hell's that?" I had to Google it. Bit of a digression, but yeah, nicknames. I I I've sort of grown since being a podcaster. I was always one of these people, and a lot of people are like this, where you're drawn towards learning about the killer rather than the innocent victims of said killer. And especially, you know, you see people selling merchandise and it's it's weird because it's almost like a mug, right? And it's it'll have a catchphrase on. Or you might might sell you a, a plate that you eat food off and it'll have like a Jeffrey Dahmer quote on it, you know, to try and play with the cannibalism thing. And nowadays, after seeing victims' families and hearing from them and speaking to them and stuff, it's just a completely different perspective. And you just think, it's just, you shouldn't, it's almost hypocritical because doing the podcast, you get some revenue from ads, right? So I'm kind of being a hypocrite here, but profiting off marketing of the killers doesn't sit right with me. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I don't think you're in the same category. I think no, you're- I'm not. So I'm not yeah. suggesting that. But what I mean is, people like I went to a um, what was it? The convention? No, not that. There was I went to a university in kent i think it was the university of kent back in september so our high the, school no your your uh college i guess okay that you know 18 plus level and there are some I was people giving, in high school that are 18 plus not here you finish at 16 here yeah some people just want to stay a little longer well you can between 16 and 18 you go to what we call college I knew a janitor who could solve equations on a, on a, on a, on a chalkboard. That were unfinished. <laughs> Hardest guy I've ever met. Yeah. The, um, yeah, so I was, they were doing this Freshers Week, which is our opening week for new students. They have like a week of talks, conferences, activities, just to help you settle in. Excuse me. And this one was on criminology students, I think. So there was me, another podcaster, and a load of the academics that are going to be teaching this group of I say kids, but young adults, let's say. And I was giving a talk there about podcasting and stuff. And someone in the audience basically said, you know, is it right that you're doing this? And it's it's just one of them lingering things. And you think, is it right? But if you, I think if you do it in the right way, if you do it focusing on the killer, which admittedly in my first few seasons, that is what I did. I'm not going to deny that. And I don't want to go back and change those episodes because... If you listen to my whole back catalogue, you can see the how it's developed and how I've grown. So I like people going on that journey. But I think nowadays, if you're telling it from the perspective of the victims with respect, but also putting in context as far as the killer's concerned. So for example, if that killer was abused as a child, it doesn't justify going on to then do what they did, but it just gives a bit of context as to why they've not gone down a quote-unquote normal life you know yeah it's not rationalizing obviously what like you're not trying to be like oh this person was abused and that's why he turned out this way it's like you're not trying to rationalize that but you're just explaining that this is probably one of the multifactorial scenarios where it could lead a person to this i mean i don't think that's wrong i think you just develop that as you grow as a person i mean i've grown since i first did my first episode a little bit more serious on certain topics i'm not having good buddies like yourself on um, but no, that's, there's a lot of stuff I'd probably politically, I'd be different than I was maybe a year ago, or maybe last time we talked, 
Um, and it just happens. I mean, I think if you look at 9-11, that whole scenario that happened, they started selling merchandise and T-shirts, right, like a couple of weeks after the towers fell. You know, it was a whole profit event for a lot of people that weren't even connected to what exactly happened at 9-11. I mean, that's why conspiracy theories get a lot of crap because people end up creating whole sites and shows about it. But also the other side does it, too. The people that fact check and write books, you know, authors in general exploit every event, but it's also their perspective and their scenario. I don't blame them for it. Um, you know, it's the way that they want to envision stuff. It's the way, as long as the material is um, researched and as long as the material, if you're talking about a historical event, you know, it's a bad thing when you get into like older subjects like ancient history or even history that could be 200 years ago or 100 years ago as people start putting their political biases into it. And then that starts becoming the narrative and it's not necessarily true. And that's kind of how our history is written. It's written by the winner. Yeah. The difficult thing about doing true crime is that you don't typically have access to people on the inside. So, for example, it's very rare that you will have a family member of a victim to liaise with. I did have that recently and it was really helpful because this guy's sister was someone that got killed and he requested I cover her case. Now, because we had that relationship, I was able to get some information about her childhood with her brother that wouldn't have been available if I'd have just used newspapers, news articles and stuff, which was really helpful. But most of the time, people need to take it as much as you can with a pinch of salt, because there was a case I did recently and someone left me a, a message on Spotify, you know, the Q and a thing you can do now. And they said, uh, really enjoyed the episode. I'm, I think it was the killer in this situation. I'm, I'm his sister. A couple of the facts were wrong, such as, uh, there was something, he did something when he was 12 and I must've said 14 minor things realistically, but then you've got a, be aware that I'm only I'm limited to what access I have. And as long as you research and um what's the word? Resource, reference everything, which I do, then mine's not an opinion-based show. A lot of the really, really successful podcasts are, and people will get a bit a bit too comfortable and conversational about it, you know, throwing in the odd joke and doing it while drinking alcohol and stuff. It's not my preference i don't like that not that it's disrespectful i just don't think it's appropriate have a subjective chat or put their opinions across you know people that are called killer oh this absolute asshole this is scumbag this it's like that's that's kind of a given if someone murders someone it's kind of a given that they're an absolute degenerate right so i don't think adding in terms like that from the appropriate i would rather come across objectively tell you the facts as far as i know because some of the cases people will claim that they've been wrongly imprisoned i'm not going to go in and, and give my opinion and say which side i believe i just want to give as much context to the audience as possible and let them go away and have a decision to make really it depends on how much the person is involved into whatever you're researching I get it with anything. I've been making clips for YouTube because some of them trend really, really well, and I can show documentation on it. But the best way I found to do it, and you know me, I don't really have a bias or belief strongly in anything to where I would be like, this is fact. 
It's more like I ask someone, hey, can you do a clip for me about this? And then I have 10 people talking about the exact same topic, saying along the lines the same things, but there's minor details that are different. And then when I go and search that up and put it in the clip, because all my clips are backed by whatever I find, I find the article to do so. Talk about like the Weather Underground, which was a counterculture movement of like the 70s and 60s. It broke off from the students from Democratic Society, which was just a bunch of kids that wanted to protest the Vietnam War and other culture movements that were going on. And they decided to – I mean it broke off into three branches, but one of the branches, the Weather Underground, decided to start <laughs> making their mark by blowing up government stuff. And the way they did that was they let off a bomb in the Pentagon. They did a bunch of – crazy little radical type things that became i mean some of them are still alive today i think a lot of them are in prison uh, i don't think any of them are out but they got to put on the fbi's most wanted list well they broke timothy leary the king of lsd that guru guy they broke him out of prison and if you look up the people i've heard said it's twenty thousand dollars they were paid or it's twenty five thousand and if you look it up on google or whatever they'll give you both of those answers there's not a set price or set thing. It's just an estimate. So you can put up those clips and people will just comment. Hey, it's 20000 or it's 25000 It's people that are actually interested in the subject, have done their own research, consider themselves respectable to get anybody in a general discussion about it, and they want to insert their opinion. You don't leave comments unless you know something. Or unless you've heard something or have a perspective on something. It just doesn't. No normal person leaves a fucking comment unless you tell them to leave a comment. It just doesn't happen. They're not going to be you'd sitting be, there playing Xbox that. and be like, be well, what did he say? It's not this, it's this. And then they you know, stop their car in the middle of the highway and start trying to reply to us. But it's only because they're interested in that subject that you're talking about. And you're talking about a very sensitive one, much like you could talk about a historical subject. If everyone has their own opinion. How good is your knowledge retention? Because you've done like 1,500 plus episodes, right? Quiz me. I'm not going to quiz you on a, on a topic. I'm just because my memory is shocking. My short-term memory is really bad. And I just wonder if you ever speak to people, are you good at remembering other chats you've had? Like you've spoke to so many people about so many different topics. How good is your retention of information? It's good, but sometimes you're in the middle of a sentence. I'll blank out and forget what the hell you're talking about, and then I'll have to come back in. Only in the conversation I'm in, but then once we get done, I'll remember this one for like ever. But I remember basically all my episodes. Not as much the guest names anymore because there's been too many. Okay. How are you still getting guests? Not as in you don't, you shouldn't be getting them, but what I mean is your method. I don't know. My show sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. The way the way it's the way it sounded in the beginning, like how are you still uh, able to uh, function? My, yeah, let me reword the question. How do you go about reaching out to acquire new guests? There's a send them an email. But what? How do you choose them though? Because you've got so many people on, and the people I don't even know exist. You know, I just uh, I'm trying to figure out because I have guests on now and again. I've barely I'm. Almost have done I 50, blame right? <laughs> two o'clock in the morning and I blame moonshine. Sometimes I get into some weird things on the internet where I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go, let me search that up. And I look it up and there's a book and I'm like, let me just find this person, send them a little how, email. How do you how do you find their email though? Because whenever I reach out to an author, I hit up the publisher normally. Oh, I just search their name through the 
thing and find their social media, find anything that's personal. Through the thing. I refuse the thing the dark to web. go through a fucking publisher. <laughs> Those publishers are psychopaths. Why? You might, you might get a free book out of it. I don't read any. In fact, you don't have to read it. You could give it away. To who? Listeners. I'm going to give it to a homeless person, and the homeless person will be like, I can't fucking eat this. I'm like, nah. yeah, you can if you put a little mustard on it or something. Man, you start doing giveaways, it's a good idea. Just... I don't really have the time of the in the day to do that. And so I think we've talked about this before. It's not difficult, man. You're a little Chris. bit more producer-wise than I am. I kind of just want to yeah, record the show and then get on with my fucking day. Okay, fair enough. I'm see for 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 you it's more about doing a show and kind of getting an audience. For me, I'm seeking information and I want to process that information. It's called so part you're, of my you're, you're seeking information, I'm offering information, right? But also the speaking aspect of mine is 5% of what I actually do. Yeah, you do a most, lot more research. Most, we're going to yeah, talk about that at some research point. And but, shit. Um, yeah. No, I, it's when I do the clips and stuff too, which is like, it's, I'm searching through so much. I'm researching technically because I'm going through so much documentation, but um, it's, I'm at a point like in certain topics now that if someone mentions something, I'm like, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Can't say that. And they're like, why? And I'm like, cause that's your belief. That's not a fact. What you just said, what you just said has been a contested opinion and there's been more evidence to support that that's not true. And they're like, well, no, 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 because of this, this. I'm like, no, those aren't valuable sources that you should be looking at. And it's like, that's not me trying to be rude to that person. But I realize, like, if I'm going to do something, if I was going to do something where I just spoke it to a camera by myself, I would do something historical or I would just rant about shit. There's plenty of stuff I want to rant about. There's so much in the world where, like, there's a guy in a mine right now working for $375 an hour. And there's just people out there that are blowing their money on fucking stupid stuff on amazon black friday deal boom, boom boom let me buy me a lightning cable i'm like what is that why do you need that why do you need it it's 50 feet long what are you doing with a 50 foot cable this well sometimes really... i want to check my hot pocket in the microwave while i'm charging my phone and i don't want to leave my phone there for five yeah. minutes the only worst thing than getting a really really long cable is getting a really short one <laughs> the only reason you should get a long cable is if you're going to tie it around your never mind we're going to skip over it don't put that on YouTube. <laughs> now because you canceled real quick. Um, all right, let's talk about your research. You're researching something. We got to get into the podcast a little bit. What are you researching, my friend? What has taken over your mind? So right now, as before we spoke, about half an hour before we started this chat, I finished researching my upcoming end of season special. So at the end of my season, which is 10 episodes, I do a special on one of the UK's more infamous murder cases so this one i'm doing the guy is called colin pitchfork and he was the first person in the history not just in the uk in the world to be convicted of murder on the back of dna testing and revolutionized the entire legal system this did he DNA... kill somebody with a pitchfork no just his surname no, he just killed two girls, right? Just, yeah, he well, killed two girls. No, he was the guy. Even, they they based um in uh what is it Green Mile that movie? I don't think so. Yeah. No, he killed two girls, didn't he? What the the weird guy? Yeah. The, 
John Coffey got blamed for John Coffey. Yeah, but yeah, but they were no, they were killed at the same time in the Green Mile. I don't think Stephen King took inspiration from this story. That was Stephen King's movie. Stephen King's book. Ooh, I just called him out on Twitter too. Damn, I I can't. That can't be my favorite movie anymore. <laughs> Stephen King created a lie, and I had to call him out on it. What lie? He said he made a book back in the day that has become part of the JFK narrative. Um, he did an interview about it too, where he said conspiracy people just can't come to grips with reality. Like anyone that believes conspiracy in the JFK case. Well, he wrote a book about the JFK assassination and he's mentioned that Margaret Marguerite Oswald was not a good mother to Oswald and she wasn't, she was not at all, but he mentioned that he, he used to have her at, have him as a child come in the room and tell him to take his pants down to see if he's developing like a man. That's not real it's made up it was it's it's fake it, there's no evidence anywhere and he doesn't cite any sources for that he there's there's it's just a made up fictitious thing that he created but somehow it slipped into the skew of the public's consciousness and history to where if you ask about margaret oswald or something that actually someone knows about the assassination they'll start mentioning all these things and that's one of the things they mention so in my mind he's a piece of shit he is a fiction writer though yeah, but why would yeah, but you've now blended fiction with reality. That's kind of what they do though, right? It would be like if you did a horror crime podcast about a murderous event and you added a bunch of details that didn't actually happen and you went people, around People do that too. Stuff. Yeah, those people guys are pieces too. of shit. I agree. The thing is with Stephen King in that scenario based on the limited information you've told me is that he probably did he did he say that recently or around when the when book Kenny came out? No, what what he tweeted back then, did he? No, he wrote that in his book. No, what I'm saying is, you said that he what he said that anyone that believes in conspiracy theories that was it. That was in an interview about his book back in the day. It was yeah. So that's transcript. what I'm saying. So it came yeah. So it came out around about when the book came out, right? Yeah. Market employ. Simple as that. I'm sure, but he still put the thing in his book. Yeah. Without but any again, facts. Devil's, ad, devil's, ad, devil's Advocate. It's not a Fuck autobiographical you. piece Fuck of work. <laughs> I'm not defending the guy, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, no, I get he's, a he's a fiction writer in a fictional account of a true story inspired go, by true events. Go back to Johnny Pitchfork. Colin Pitchfork. Colin. So Colin Pitchfork killed two, well, sexually assaulted and killed two 15-year-old girls, one in 1983 called Linda Mann and one in 1986 called Dawn Ashworth. Now, before that, he was a bit of a, a flasher. So he got a kick out of indecent exposure. Like the Somerset Gimp? Probably. It sounds similar. Are you so near he, that location? Somerset, no. I mean, um, for you, for you, it's probably if I told you how far away it is for you, you'd be like, "That's next door." But for us, Somerset's quite a way away. Probably 150 miles, 180 miles or something. That's pretty far. <laughs> so he, um, yeah, he got done four times for indecent exposure, and it later came to light that he'd sexually assaulted another girl, and and another girl. So that's two counts of sexual assault two counts of sexual assault and murder. And he was also charged with kidnap, but that later got dropped. 
um, because that was he picked a girl up in a car and he kind of was going to do who knows what with her. But luckily she sort of grabbed the wheel and tried to off-road them and he, he ended up letting her go. I tried to tell her I was the Uber. Not in the 19... <laughs> I know, I know. Thingy, it's a bad joke. It is a bad joke. Poor taste. So he, with this DNA revolution, it came about at, from Leicester University, Dr. Alec Jeffries, I believe. He discovered this genetic fingerprinting technique, which basically meant that from any piece of, you know, whether it's a, a hair with a root or skin or semen, saliva, he could extract DNA from that, compare it to DNA found from semen at both crime scenes to rule out people. So they sent letters to about 5,000 men aged between 13 and 30 in these three local villages. And only two people refused to take the test. One of them had a genuine reason, apparently, and the other was Colin Pitchfork. Now, what they didn't realize is that he had paid one of his colleagues to take the test on his behalf when the test got rolled out. So he got a letter and he paid a colleague and they gave him a fake passport photo and everything, taught him how to do his signature, told him stuff about his family so that if he was questioned, he could answer the question sufficiently. So he, I think he was called Ian Kelly. He took this test, but because he couldn't keep his mouth shut, Ian Kelly, around a, a pub lunch one time on a Saturday, all the colleagues were saying, because he wasn't the first person he asked to take the test for him. They're all sort of talking, oh, has he asked you? Yeah, he's asked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Ian said he actually went and did it. And one of the female colleagues wasn't happy with that. And she's the one that told the police. And that led to his arrest for conspiracy to pervert the course of justice. And then also Pitchfork's arrest because he was basically the only person that didn't have a valid reason to rule out the, uh, to take the test. And it also been confirmed that someone had done it on his behalf. And then as soon as they arrested him, he admitted to everything. So he did do it. Yeah, he did it. Yeah. Okay. How long did he serve? He's still in prison. Oh, damn. When does so this crime that's... happen? Well, 1980, he got uh, convicted or sent to jail in 1987. But when the murders happen? 1983 and 1986. So three years that took? Well, technically four, I suppose, when he was sent to jail in 87, but yeah. Oh, my God. But the, the other thing is in recent history, he was granted parole. So he was given 30 years as a minimum, and it got reduced to 28 years in 2009. But in September 2021, he was released from prison. He got granted uh, bail or parole or whatever you want it, not bail, parole, in June of 2021, released in September with the most licensed conditions ever. So normally when you're released from prison, the exact figure escapes me. I think it's either six or nine, I think. You normally have that many bail conditions. I keep saying bail, parole conditions, which means that even if you get released from prison, you're always on kind of the radar of the cops, right? Subject to release conditions. He had about 45 bail conditions, the most ever. Within two months, he was recalled back to prison because he was approaching teenage girls on their own and hanging about in woods and stuff, just doing exactly the same shit he was doing 36 years ago now. 
Now, do you think it's something in his past experience that has caused him to have some of this like streaking or flasher type mentality? That's what I've been trying to find. Now, there is a book called The Blooding by, I think it's an American writer, Joseph Warbro or something. I might, Wembro or something like that. I've not read the book. Um, I've just been using old newspaper articles really for this. He might go into more background of this guy, but I just know that even from the young age of 11, he was like indecently exposing himself to people. And he'd done this to over a thousand women and girls over the years. It gave him a sexual rush for whatever reason. And part of his, he said part of his motive for killing the girls after he'd sexually assaulted them was he feared that they could recognize him. Quite a common thing for people to say, I killed you to shut you up, basically. But I, I don't, his parents, from what I can see, seem like normal parents. He had siblings. I think he was the middle of three kids. Nothing jumps out. Normally when there is something dark in the past, it jumps out, you know, when you're searching for stuff or reading stuff in articles. I've read probably a hundred newspapers at this point about this. Loads of other articles as well. Nothing's jumped out as to what may have led to him doing this. Which makes it even more scary because he's been diagnosed a psychopath. Was he born evil? I wonder how many people feel like they're put in a position where they've done too much already, so they might as well do it, you know, just finish it. You know what I mean? Like, we look at that in society. Like, for instance, if you, you know, if you put down a dog or something like that, it doesn't work on the first one. You're not going to be like, well, shit, this is a sign. He needs to stay alive. You're like, no, I got to definitely take him out of his misery now. There's not really any going back. I'm pretty sure it's a similar mentality when it comes to someone that does something for drastic violence or something like that. Like, why'd you kill her? If you, you know, she was fine. She could have lived. And it was like, at this point, it was, I did too much already. You know, like, it's a weird question, but it's one of those where I feel like a lot of people feel like there's not really turning back on this. And that's like a lot of domestic disputes, especially in the United States, end up being acts of violence that get out of control while their drinking was involved and they just take it a step too far. You always hear that a step too far. And it's like, well, there was a stopping point, but then someone crossed the line in the eyes of the other person or in the eyes of society. Was it the killer, the person that ended up murdering the person over a domestic dispute, or was it another more violent domestic dispute because – I don't know. The person was crazy. I have no clue. I think escalation is interesting as well as a factor, because if you start flashing people from the age of 11. Damn, he's doing that at 11. Mm -hmm. He must have a that fucking hog on him or something. That can he's, only give you a flashing rush. flashing their dick at 11. It's strange. That can only give you a rush for so long, right? Until you need to escalate to the next level. Not even masturbate until 13. Don't know what to say to that, but okay. He had cognizance of his well, by, regions. When he was when he was what? So he starts that at eleven. By the time he's sort of eighteen, he's sexually assaulting women. He's a serial womanizer, cheats on everyone. So potential addiction there. And then eventually, what's the next step after sexual assault? Murder. It didn't stop him doing it. The first murder, it wasn't like, right, that's it. Um, he continued trying to sexually assault people, womanizing against his wife, 
while she's pregnant, you know, and then he kills again in 1986. Could have potentially killed that other girl in 1985, I think it was, but she managed to escape. He said he only did that because his wife had such a strict policy as to when he needed to be home by that it wasn't kind of worth the earache he would get from her. You think it's like a revenge thing against women? I don't know. It's hard to judge without that context because they say bullies become bullies. The bullied become bullies, right? That's kind of what they say. It's all they know. I'm going out on a limb here, but there's nothing I've read that suggests that he was ever molested as a child, that he was ever abused emotionally, physically, or sexually by a loved one, so that that's all he knew. It, it seems as if, for whatever reason, he's indecently exposed himself. Whether maybe it could be something that do you do, you do uh, we call it de kegging or de pantsing? You might know it as you know where you'll be playing football or whatever, and you'll it's you pull the pants down of your friend, right, to embarrass them. Don't you do that over there? <laughs> That's just here. Just here, then. They call it de-kegging. Keg. weird is. Kegs meaning your pants, right? God damn uh, trits. Yeah, it's weird. It's just a, th- it's like a long a, time ago. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just like a, a schoolboy prank. Like, everyone's been de-kegs, and everyone's de-kegs someone. And we're it's- getting shit for saying things in miles per hour in Fahrenheit, you fucking... We say miles per hour. We say miles per hour. Yeah, all right. We don't say kilometers, but we do say Celsius because it just makes sense. Apparently, you pants your friends, too. Your pants? That's what they call it over here. What, pantsed? Yeah, pantsed. I thought you you just said you don't do it over there. Dude, every society does something weird. <laughs> there was that thing when that reporter or that guy was killed, Gaddafi. Remember Gaddafi? Mm-hmm. When he was murdered in the streets, when they just let the civilians have their fun with him, and they shoved things up the guy's ass, like a metal stick and a bunch of stuff like that. People were kids were going around school and sticking their thumb up someone else's ass going, Gaddafi. It's terrible. It's horrible. But these are kids, and they don't know any better. They don't know their... It's like, like I said, it's like listening to a murder podcast and then actually having an attachment to it. Look at that. I swung that shit in there. Wham. Swinging for the fences. I mean, I mean the old thought up the asshole trick's not new, but people in shouting... In some countries, G- they call it a thousand years of pain. To shouting Gaddafi at the same time. I did not expect that. All societies have some... Like, what's a cultural taboo? Are there any anymore? I feel like politics used to be one and religion used to be one, but I think everyone wears it on their sleeve now. I think eating people's pretty taboo. I don't think so. There's a new movie out about it. Is it? I took someone on a date to go see it. And 10 minutes in the movie, I was like, I'm so fucking sorry. I just saw a person with an axe on the front, and I didn't know if this is what the movie was about. And it ended up being people eating people. It was supposed to be Black Friday shopping. And my favorite comedian was in it. But I can't say what was the best part of it, which was the first five minutes, because it's so offensive of what he said. But it was it had me dying laughing for 35 minutes. What film was it? Uh, Thanksgiving. All right. Brand new. I recommend it. You would love that. It's movie. brand new, but it's a remake. Yeah, but it's fantastic. Just not for a first day or whatever. No, not at all. But she had fun. That's the best part. <laughs> she had fun when the credits rolled. It was the only movie that was like, I get off a, a whatever, overnight shift, 
And it was the only movie that was like at a reasonable time, like 1150. It's half off movies. And then it was an hour and a half long. And she was like, what about Hunger Games? I was like, that's a three hour fucking. Why are movies doing that? Why? Three hours? I don't get it. I don't the, get it. the Empire of the whatever moon that came out with Leonardo DiCaprio was three hours and 38 minutes. You could have drove from my state to Baltimore, which is three hours, gotten into an olive garden and then had some breadsticks and a meal. And that was the length of the movie. Think Bread about sticks that. Breadsticks and a meal. I know. Breadsticks <laughs> are the best part. I could damn well fly most of the way to you in that time. Is it only that far away? It's like five hours. What? Where are you now? You're not in where you used to be. I'm still where I'm used to be. Fucking studio okay. looks the same since the last time we talked. I don't know, but you, the way you the said... The lighting throw for, you off, I can change it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you, no, it threw me off that you said I could get from my state to Baltimore, but that's in the same state as you. Yeah, it's three hours away by car, though. Yeah, but you said I could get from my state to Baltimore, implying you're in a different state. I'm in Maryland. That's Baltimore. Technically, it's a city, but it's technically recognized as not a state, but it's more of a state for a lot of people. But it's in Maryland. Yeah, but the the, the location, the, the the geology of it, like the whole city, all that is just so different that people just say, like, I have a Baltimore accent, even though I'm not, I'm three hours away from there. You're trying shit now, man. You made I'm not. A, you, ma you made a mistake. Just own it. It's I'm just, fine. I've made that mistake my whole life. I'm goddamn living <laughs> in this state. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with long movies, though, no. I don't agree with that. Do people it, still go to movies on dates? I think yeah, people just go to the movies now. I think the pandemic realized took a, took a lot of things away from a lot of people, and people. It's a fun experience. I mean, I saw Oppenheimer in theaters. That sucked, but it was three hours long. Well, everyone says, "Oh, if you don't see it at the that just seems like a market employ as well." Yeah, it is. You have to see it at the cinema. Says who? The fucking cinema owner. You know what I mean? I'm not going to watch that shit. It's probably a really good film. I, I don't have three hours plus to spare on one piece of fucking cinema. I can if I'm in my house. I, I don't see how you have time to fart. Never mind watch a film. Yeah. Do you find that with your podcast, it takes up a lot of your time? Yeah. Like, do you have any room for actual enjoyment? Or are you just researching? But you also like the researching knowledge part, too. No, You're I enjoy you're more of a doing. type that would call up somebody who was like a sister or a family member, but I feel like you would go to their house and interview them and get the real... Why don't you do that? You could easily have written a book by now. No. Lazy written, written a <laughs> Written a book on what, though? I don't know. Find a subject that's interesting to you and then get really and dive down deep into it. To be fair, I do like... I don't interview people. I don't see people enough to do that, but if I'm ever talking to someone about something that's quite deep and I feel that they're being reserved. I, I will try and use my experience from speaking to people to get them to open up, you know? Oh, are you a really good interviewer? I think I'm okay. Okay. I've not done nearly as much interviewing as you, but I still think I'm okay. I'm not an but interviewer. I'm a conversationalist. My... Oh, shut up. <laughs> it's conversation actually <laughs> so do you, when you send emails to people do you say 
I'd like you to come on as a guest for a conversation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Some people want a list of questions and then I just don't respond back. Ghosted. You didn't pay attention to the first email where I said, I don't have any scripts. Just. Oh, you, you should have just said, uh, I don't prepare questions. I just there want to are chat billions of people in this world. I don't care what your fame is. I'm not going to waste another email on someone who's already going, well, I don't know, or I don't know, twist my arm. I'm like, all right. But yeah. be fair, how many responses do you get versus emails that you send? I mean, look at my damn track record. What do you mean? How many responses do I get? Obviously, I'm quite a success. Yes, but I bet you send out thousands of requests. No, I used to. But my point is, if someone's taken the time to read your message and reply, they might not have even read it, but they've at least acknowledged your existence. Yeah, I've give gotten them, some positive. Give them, give them, give them one chance. Don't just ghost them after the. I've gotten some positive, like, sorry, can't do this because of this. And I'm like, that's fair. Even one of the main ADHD people I wanted to speak to, who I've been recommended by fucking everybody. I actually sent him a reply back. I was like, hey, would you mind doing my podcast? If senior researcher recommended by everybody in the ADHD field to do this. He's like, he wrote tons of books about ADHD. He's done a lot for the ADHD movement. He goes, sorry, I'm a, I'm retired and I just don't do shows or interviews anymore. Appreciate the time. And then I'm on like Google and I find an interview he posted a day like before. And I just sent him an email. It's like, sent him the link to it. And I said, you don't do interviews anymore, huh? He goes, that's my own little show. And it's five minutes of my day. I record and talk about something. And I was like, I thought you cared about people with ADHD. And I sent that shit. And I just said, nah, well, to me, it was just like, I don't know. Like, just say no, then like, I'm fine. If someone says no, I'm like, cool. Toss you. I'm good to go. Move on to the next one. I'm not going to waste any time. You, you get so many notes too. You know, it happens. I'm sure you've gotten rejection stuff back, but there's a lot of people out there I want to talk to, and there's a lot of subjects I'm interested in. My only issue with getting guests is I've been called racist, and I don't like that. What, by guests? By potential guests. So if I reach out to an academic, I'll give you a couple examples. I reach out to an academic about psychology or something I'm interested in. Let's talk about the mind and emotions. I'm very interested in that at that moment that I sent that email. Okay. Send it to this person. This woman goes, I appreciate you reaching out to me, but I declined to do your podcast. Now, this is a gender issue, but she goes, I know, I, she goes, I noticed that you have a lot of male guests. I'm glad you're trying to correct your gender imbalance as a little bottom to the already know at the top. And I just comment, I go, I would think with your psychology degree, you would be able to look at someone who's just interested in having conversation and be open to that, not judging and looking at their channel and trying to see if they're a sexist. And I go, in honesty, the first thing you pointed out was that that means you're looking for that. So that means you are sexist. And then I just sent that. But then people do the same thing with the race card. You have a lot of white guests. I'm like, Find me some fucking other people that are interested that aren't old white people that are interested in JFK and I'll have them on. I've had them on. I've had, there are, there's a couple, there's few, very few, but they're out there. Okay. Like unicorns. When you find them, you grab a hold of them and you become their best fucking friend. <laughs> I haven't slept, but I'm just saying this is all real stuff, That's, but it's I get it. behind the scenes work. People don't really pay attention to it's much like when you do your research i'm sure you're scattering through 
various forms of papers, newspaper articles, headline, whatever you want to say, and a guest or not even a guest, someone just comments and says something like, hey, did you even bother researching the subject? You're like, yeah, I did. I took hours of my day researching this. Weeks. Years. The, the one for me is mainly because I mainly, Decades. although it's, it's British murders, <laughs> right? But I, um, I mainly kind of do English ones. So it's like, let me turn that down a little bit. That looks better, doesn't it? I, uh, I mainly do English cases. So I get requests off people. Oh, we should do more Scottish ones. Oh, we should do more Welsh ones and all this. And it's like, my list is audience recommended cases, right? So they reach out to me and say, please cover this case. So I've got a spreadsheet, 300 plus requests on there. And I just... Before, now that when I get one requested, I'll put in the city, the country, so that I know I have, it's an easier job picking and creating variety. I never did that before. And it's just a case of you get what you get, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I when I look up a guest, I don't look at their profile pictures or anything. I just I'm going by a name. So if I see a name with something that I just read, an article that I found interesting, like psychedelic um, drugs impacts on health, uh, you know, we're hearing a lot about the positives. What about the negatives? You know, I've had both sides of the cannabis use on my show, um, the positives and the negatives. I like having both of those discussions. But that's when... one topic, right? Cannabis, where people are so opinionated on it, right, especially so. if. If you, it depends what side of the fence you sit on. Like if I do an episode on this guy who killed someone and all the reports indicated to him having a bad trip, right? Now the, the uproar from that was that people reaching out saying, you can't have a bad trip on weed. You can't do this on weed. You can't kill people. It's not psychoactive and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm just reporting it what it says. I'm, I'm not saying that's active. I'm not saying that's fact. See, I'm along that belief. No, I, I, I don't smoke pot because I used to smoke all the time in high school, but I would get really bad. And I've explained my trips on the show before. And people are like, what the fuck are you? You must have did something laced with like LSD or acid. And then this is how that studio got built. My buddy dosed me with a 50 milligram edible on my fucking birthday. I went to bed on New Year's Eve at 5 p.m. Because I was having such a bad trip and I explained it to him the next day and he goes, dude, I don't know what something's wrong with you that you're experiencing that. And we built this studio because he felt so bad. It is real. Certain people have psychological effects to it. They, it's like um, some people have a thing in their blood or genetic compound that just doesn't handle it properly. And when it when they do it, it's like 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 have you ever heard people take their salvia experiences before? I've, I'm reasonably familiar with it but yeah time dilation all like one dude spent 20 years as pain on a, on a barn and he was only in this trip for 30 minutes but he <laughs> the salvia had distorted time and had made no, everything as paint on a barn paint. A paint paint on a barn yeah he talked about the seasons changing he could feel it but he couldn't move because he was just this pain that's on a, a barn. fucking miserable experience that. and he said that when the farmer after like six or seven years came out to paint the barn that when the paint went over the area that he was experiencing it felt like he couldn't breathe and they think that's when he was in his like little trip because he was still there that there was a minute in the, like a couple seconds in the video where he coughed and it looked like he was choking and that was the 
thing that he experienced, but he said it lasted for like a year and a half. It wasn't until the weather had degraded the pain a little bit that it was able to break a seal and he could breathe again. Isn't that nuts? But like there's oh, so some... this was someone filmed him in this trip. Yeah, he filmed himself. He was in his car and he just smoked it. And I was like, he's in the driver's seat. Why would you post that on YouTube? Like do it in the back seat or something. That story seems bullshit to me. I mean, when he got out of the trip, he explained it all. And I'm like, that's so much detail. I don't think you can make that up. Or just yeah, but you know, you, know, you know what they say about lies, don't you? The, the overly complex, overly convoluted, convoluted. But sorry. what's the gain? Infamy is well known. Notoriety. I don't attention. think he's well known at all. I don't even know his fucking name. You might not know his name, but most people... His video's been up on YouTube for 15 years, and it's got 5,000 views on it. I don't think he was doing it for fame. Maybe it just didn't work. Maybe it backfired. I don't know. I think there's a tension it's getting... It's a strange story to tell. How did he know 20 years had passed? Is it's there a fucking ex... calendar on his wall or what? It's, it's the experience. Like, the days go by, like, average days. It's um. I had one of the most famous Salvi experiences was a guest on my show. I've explained it way too many times, but his name's Steve Cantwell. You can look him up. It's he spent eight years in another life. Um, and it's a bunch of crazy stuff that like it's just too much to explain to you. It would take me like 10 minutes to try and give you even the breakdown of it. But there's so much to it that it there's not a reason to lie about it. You in his story, he doesn't look good. He doesn't come out as some hero. He doesn't do any there's no incentive. It's just a weird ass thing that happens. And if you look up, like there's research studies on Salvia. There is a time experience, a hallucination, a drug trip, because it's so similar to ayahuasca. Now, when I say ayahuasca, you everyone goes, yeah, ayahuasca, that'll give you some drug trips. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just salvia was legal at a point, and then the government was like, fuck, we legalized something that's probably way worse than any other drug we might have criminalized, and they kind of it doesn't get popularized. A lot, not a lot of people know about salvia because it's just not – it's like a quaaludes. Quaaludes, like people know the name, but they were actually invented to help housewives sleep. You were you would take it and then you would go to sleep. But if Wolf of Wall Street popularized it, um, if you delay the sleeping effect after 30 minutes, you get a kick-ass high. And they don't make them anymore. It's like the when the government bought up all the LSD back in the day. Not a lot of people know that either, but the government bought all the LSD. And uh, everyone's like, well, there's LSD out there now. It's like, yeah, there's other strains of it, but the government bought the original LSD and the fact that it was being distributed all around the 60s and 70s turned out to be MKUltra, the government program about dosing people with LSD and shit. Mm, I'm sure you didn't know MKUltra either. No, I've heard the name. It's not something I've looked into, but I've, I only know Salvia because of, what was that film? You ever watch Workaholics? They made them three were in a film a couple of years ago. I think it was called Game Over, man, and it was like a diehard spoof. One of the they're, one of the they're hotel one of the, bus boys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the, one of the dudes was uh, addicted to salvia in that, I believe. I think they smoked it, but I don't know if he was addicted to it. I think I think one of them was like they just loved doing it, but yeah, he smoked it. Only yeah, one but... of them did though. Cannabis definitely has adverse reactions to it. It just if they don't know if it's psychosocial or not psychosocial, uh, psychosomatic. Um, you experience a lot of symptoms of it, but they don't know if it's certain disorders. It, from what I've talked to specifically in the area of ADHD, they said there with people with ADHD it has a high propensity 
to cause psychoactive disorders. But that also depends on your ADHD subtype because there's over like 200-something subtypes. Do you think it's addictive? Marijuana? Hmm. I think it is. I don't think the necessarily think the drug is addictive. I think it's the feeling. Um, people go, well, that's the drug. I'm like, no, I just think society has got people to a point where it's like, why is drinking fun? Because it fucking kills time. It makes the day go by better. It makes you feel nice. So does marijuana. But talk to the people that have effects of marijuana, long-term pot smokers. I'm not talking about memory issues. I'm talking about regret. You know, my whole family smokes pot all day, every day. And if you ask them when they're sober, they're just like, I don't know. I felt like my life has been on freeze. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, I haven't really done shit for however long I've been getting high. It just kind of, it's like people in high school that start smoking and they get addicted to it. Look at your friends or anybody that you might know who is a stoner as an adult. They do it and they function, but did they ever achieve any of the things that they wanted to achieve? But in the end, the counter argument to that is how many people do achieve the things they want to achieve. But some people just don't go to college. Some people just don't want to do much, but get high and drive around and listen to the fucking Grateful Dead, which isn't that good, to be 100% honest with you. Yeah, I think it's... A lot of people get dependent on it without admitting that they have a problem. Like people I've known and it's not normal to do something like that every single night. I can't sleep without it. That's dependency, mate. That's you, that's borderline addiction. And, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's just a bit of weird. It's just, you know, people drive when they've smoked. You think, you're stupid. You get what, fined for why? that now. No, you, it's illegal here. But well, You I can't smoke I mean, in the UK. Well, it's, it's illegal, but people do it. And it's like... I don't know. I just think people are just selfish. Really selfish. Selfish? Yeah. About what? People that smoke weed and drive. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very selfish. I don't know. Don't you ever feel like a little gutsy after two beers? Well, I would, if I ever have a beer, I would only ever have one if I was driving. My dad would have none. He, And in Scotland now, it's illegal. Well... It's a zero tolerance policy. Like in the UK, you're allowed up to so many units. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if it's up to a pint anymore. In Scotland, it's a zero policy. If you're a millimeter above I think that says more about Scotland's drinking problem. <laughs> There's, I mean, like I said, it's different. It's the location. It's the people as well, too. I mean, me drinking a beer compared to like one of my coworkers who's like seven foot two and like 200 something pounds or 300 something pounds. A beer is not like we're talking about drinking and stuff like that. Like I was like, yeah, I'll have this and I'll have this. He's like, that wouldn't even get me a buzz. I was like, I mean, I don't even care about getting drunk. I just care about like, I don't know, just enjoying a drink you know i don't really give so much about crap like i have friends that'll kill a 24 pack i drove my friend up to oh i don't even know if i could say that story i drove a friend up to baltimore airport this man got in my car with a 24 pack of natural light and killed the whole 24 pack on the way to baltimore which is three three hours away good going a and I'm just 20, like, a pack ah. of 24, let, let's do our maths here. So that's eight an hour. Yeah. 
which has won every I think he stopped seven and a like, half minutes. Yeah, we, we stopped a couple times. He had to keep using the bathroom. I was like, damn, man. <laughs> no shit. Um, but I he he definitely drank a lot more in the first hour and then just kind of and I think this was before I I wouldn't say I'm not gonna say before open container rule, but I don't know. I was driving. I'm used to being the DD most of the time. Like I said, I don't if I I can go out and just not have a drink, that's fine. I would like to have one, but if I'm going to be DD, I'm not going to even bother just drinking one because there's not a point to it anymore. I think yeah, they realized that they they've tried a couple of times to petition to move the alcohol thing up because I think after one beer, it's just not that most people can drive after one beer. I'm not recommending it because it's stigmatized and society is doing that, but it's just a lot of people do whether they want to admit it or not a lot of people do drive after a beer it's not like a because there's just not enough to impair and i'm sure it impairs something marijuana impairs stuff as well too but also not getting enough sleep impairs yeah that's really bad lack of sleep really really bad we have a lot of signs on the motorway freeway whatever you want to call it you know don't i don't know what the slogan is Maybe there isn't a slogan. I'm thinking like don't drink and drive or don't drug and drive for weed and stuff. But there's so many signs everywhere that just say, you know, basically it's not worth the risk if you're tired. Just pull into a service station, shut your eyes for 20 minutes before you carry on. Yeah, but see, if you do that over here, you pull off to the side of the road and sleep for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you can get fined for that. Well, you... A service? Do you have service? We call them services on the not, freeway. No, not really. Like for pe- for pet- petrol, and you'll every so say twenty miles, twenty five miles. We have the services on each side of the motorway, and there'll be petrol there. Extortionate prices, of course, because you can't get it anywhere else. Petrol or gas, whatever. Um, and then you'll have a few. It's like a mini food court, so you'll have like KFC. McDonald's no, a coffee I shop. Yeah, I'm aware. I don't I don't know. It's not too common depending on where you're going. I mean, I'm sure if you're on a giant trucking route, sure. Uh, but not most of the places around here we don't have just service stations. Uh well, that's the that's the size difference of countries because you have like what do you call them? Interstates and stuff. They're like your big roads, right? Yeah. So we we just our big roads are called motorways, three lanes long, but we have a relative very small country. You could drive from the top of Scotland to the bottom of Cornwall in probably max ah, eight, eight, eight hours or something. That's like, it sounds like someone tried to create a door of the Explorer episodes. You can drive from this up to Cornwall. And I'm like, damn, you're on the magical kingdom. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, Cornwall. I've never been. It's supposed to be lovely. Too far away, man. Not driving down there. Have you ever vacationed? Are you on a vacation? I've gone on holiday. <laughs> That's fair. Vacation. But you stay home. Well, we have a caravan on the, the East Coast, which is about hour and 45 drive away. I don't want to talk shit on you guys, but your women are hot. Just letting you know. You guys got some of the hottest women. It's like when I go to, like, go to Scotland. God damn. Or Sweden. All of the women are beautiful. I mean, there's a couple of things wrong with what you just said. The first is how would how would that be shitting on us? That's a compliment. Second of all, what's Sweden got to do with? It? No, I was rationalizing, making fun of the whole Cornwall thing by saying something, giving you a compliment. Oh. Yeah, but you, you 
You prefaced it with saying I don't want to shit on you guys. No, I always hear American women are beautiful. American women are gorgeous. So like some of the videos I see in the UK of just like TikToks, I watched a woman getting given haircuts only because she was hot. Uncommon as they are over there. As they Back are to Johnny Pitchfork. Colin. Colin Pitchfork. Colin. He sounds yeah. like a student. He's a twat, is what he is. Oh. A monster. He just it actually we're recording this December eleventh. On December the 7th this year, 2023, he was denied parole again. Damn, he's like Mark Chapman. Mark Chapman's been up 14 times. Yeah, I think, I don't, he's not been up that many, this guy. He's been up... So he, he got refused in 2016. He got refused in 2018. He got it granted in 2021, but then with recalled within two months. And he's, so this will be his fourth parole hearing, and this one's been denied, so... Three out of four has been denied. And I imagine it's just going to continue. He's like 63 now. What's the moral of the story? Don't expose yourself to just don't be a cunt. Ooh. It's a rough word over here. Don't give a shit. It's not a rough word over here. It'll, beep, it'll, beep, it if, beep it if you want. It'll trigger a bunch of people. Why? It's such a good word, too. It's a great word. I know. It's a term of endearment here. Sounds like a cucumber, but then you just give it a hard cut at the end of it. It's great. It's emphasize, you know, emphasis, sorry. Emphasize is a... pack a wallop if you say it to somebody. It depends how you say it. Like, if you fell over, I could call you a Hard tea. Hard tea. Yeah, a hard tea. Yeah, that would be nasty. How would you say it to your friends? Like, if they fell over, I'd be like, you daft cunt. What about if you're mad at somebody? But you absolute cunt. Oh, It is the hard T, and, and the, the comes out strong. You might spit. What's a stigmatized mean? word that's on our language for you guys? I mean, your language, this will trigger people. Your language is the pussified version of proper English, which we hey. invented. Yeah. Why? We Why? say some Be- nasty shit. Because no, you don't. Yes, we do. What a d- douchebag. Douche. What words do you think you say that we would take offense to if you think cunt is so bad? Home. Who? Home. Home. Yeah. Don't understand what you mean. It's the Baltimore accent. Oh, yeah, that's so, not a word or a phrase, is it? That's, yeah, that's an so, so like it's interesting if you look at like I had a linguistics person on my show, um, who studies just like language and all that, and she goes, a cunning, ling- a, a cunning linguist that is a sexual thing, not a it's a play on words, I know. Um, but I had a person on here who studies that, a researcher, and she goes, Where are you from? and I'm like, I'm from Maryland, she's like, Oh, really? and I was like, Yeah. And she goes, I've heard that accent is very unknown. Like it's very, and I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you don't, do you not hear it? I was like, I, I think I talk pretty normal. And uh, she goes, no, 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 you have something. Like when I say unknown, when I say home, it's just the long O. The, but the Baltimore has two versions. There's the home. And then there's like, if you call like my grandfather, for instance, I'll call him up and be like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, he's like, Hey man, what's up? Or he'll say something like, just say, how's it going? And, uh, yeah, my grandpa says, Hey man, what's up? Um, 
but I'm like, so like, even like you never left like Baltimore. Do you ever want to explore? I was like, why would I do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, did you ever want to like, where are you from originally born? He was like, I haven't left this fucking block like here. Like, th like that's how my grandpa talks. And that's Baltimore technically. Like you, you're, you're, when you say now, you say noun, when you say, um, Oh, there's another one, a good one out there. I I can't even say that because it's just Mate, your you're... impression of your grandpa just just your voice to me. Oh, that's I would that's, you've just got a lot. you've got a generic American accent that anyone that put on an impression would sound like you, okay. basically. Right. Unless you were specifically trying to do a regional impression, you know, like someone from Boston or how do you say the term BJ? DJ. BJ. DJ. Yeah. No, B, B. Oh, BJ. BJ. Like, how would you say that <laughs> word fully? You know what that means, right? Yeah, blowjob. See, I would say bro job. Bro job. Why? She gave her a bro job. It's <laughs> the Baltimore and Baltimore accent. That's strange. We call brave. it a blower. Call it a blower. A blowy. Blower. Yeah. Okay. It's fair. So, but, thought those uh, were those uh, things you pick out of the grass and you blow, and it has that little fuzzball at the top of it that just fades. That's a dandelion clock, mate. Oh, clock. You know what? A cl oh, yeah, mate. Oh, mate. That's how you figure out what time it is. You never, you never did that shit at school? No, oh, man. You have a cell phone. If you tap the screen, it'll pop up and tell you. I got exactly 10 more minutes with you. Yeah, so when I grew up, we had to uh, invent our own fun because we didn't have screens and all this shit. So then them we, they're just weeds, aren't they, basically? As in annoying plants, not... You're not even that older than me. Why Ganja. 34. Wow. Oh. That, that answers that question. You're not that much older than me. How old are you? 26? Yep, today. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks, man. Also, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we know them, them weeds that you're talking about, right? And it's got the fluffy... They're all just seeds, aren't they? Yeah. And they just come off in the wind. So we call them dandelion clocks because you blow it. So you go... And however many blows it was, was what time it was. Obviously, it was never accurate. But if it took four blows to get rid of all the seeds, it was four o'clock. Just a bit of fun. Perhaps if it took 12. Midday or midnight? Is it dark? No, it's midday then. And you're also out of breath. Yep, very. And very light. I mean, it, it was never later than sort of five o'clock, you know? <laughs> it would no never shit. take that no many. Shit. They're only small, but yeah. The clock that That's stops what... at five. Did you ever do that thing where you'd pick up a little, a tiny little thing, and it had a yellow like flower, really small, and you'd hold it under the chin, and if, if you could see yellow, that meant you you like butter. It was a, I think they were called buttercups. These, no buttercups. Mm. You like butter, yeah. No. <laughs> but it, it it shone under everyone's chin. It's just what happened. But at, back to the Qaddafi thing, when people would blow into that little uh, dandelion clock thing, it, yeah, yeah. It, it all stopped when someone said, hey, you know that sperm coming off the little lion? So that means you're, you know, it was back in the day when people were so afraid to be homo homophobes or homo homosexuals. And uh, yeah, so everyone stopped doing that. It's how trends changed in school. I think gay is the term you're looking for, mate. Yeah, but they don't like it when you call it, call them gays. I thought the the word like homosexual was outdated. I don't know. I just like the rollerblade. I don't get it. That's gone over my head. What the rollerblade thing? Yeah. 
it was seen as a very flamboyant thing to do rollerblades. Well, they used to be really cool back in the day. Like everyone used to go to the roller rink and hang out with their pals. And then now it's like <laughs> if you get caught wearing rollerblades, someone just screams out the window at you. Well, now. Yeah. That's strange. You don't see many people rollerblading nowadays, unless There's it's in a, de a dedicated rink. Uh, do you have, the, do you have them, uh, them Healy things? The kids wear them Healy's, you know? It's like that was really and... big. I never had them because I could never do it. But there's a lot of people I knew that I felt they were like the coolest kid. They'd re the Healy up to their locker and shut the thing and be like, oh my God. And they flip their hair and then roll away. If they would have been around, they would have 100% been banned at my school. I'm just glad I didn't have a MySpace because the number of people that regret their MySpace profiles. One of them, innit? What, do you, what sort of stuff gets banned in in your your schools i'm talking like elementary schools i don't so know so we had we had when pokemon cards first came out in the late 90s they got banned yo-yos got banned what else anything that could cause any kind of tension or arguing was banned anything uh, fun really i don't think we really had anything that got banned um knives Goes without saying, but guns. Yeah. Good things to ban. Again, sort sort of goes without saying in England, but yeah. There was one kid during like Christmas break when I was in like junior year of high school, and uh, I had gone to Hawaii. No, 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 junior year. Yeah, it might have been junior year. I went to Hawaii for like two weeks. And uh, how old? How old are you? Junior year. I was probably sixteen. Okay, that's Six junior year. Yeah, I was put in school early. What? Sorry. Junior year. Junior year is 11th grade. Right. So the next year after that, senior. So 16 to 17 is junior year. 17 to 18 is senior year. No, junior year is 17 to 18. Senior year is 18 or 17. No, yeah. Junior you just year. said you were 16, man. I said I was put in school early. But what does that mean? 16 I mean, is a not whole early. year early means that my birthday falls at such a specific time. My parents could have waited and then put me in school where I would have been with kids my age, or they decided to throw me in early and they threw me in early. So you were in the, you were the youngest by a year then. In, yes. in, but what, where were you before that then, before you were 16? What's, what's it called? really don't understand your school system there's four years in high school most high schools freshman sophomore junior and senior year so is it i think i'm getting confused because you have a middle school over there as well don't you yes see we you, you have years. three you have three schools we don't we have two they had a whole school for two years i remember i was a kid in like eighth grade i was like why do they have a school for just two years they could have used this building yeah, for weird. something else See, we have junior school, or elementary, you would call it, from the age of four till the age of 11. So that's seven years. And then we have high school, which is 11 to 16. So that's five years. And then after that is further can I education. Get back to my story. You can, yeah. Just, it confuses me. So you went to Hawaii. Year, I went to Hawaii. And when I came back, there was like five people in school total out of like a school of like 900 something kids. There's just two people or five people, me and some other people. 
And I get to my like third class. I'm like, this is really weird. Like, did I know it's the holidays and all, but did everyone just travel and go out of town? And my buddy sends me a Snapchat, like one of those little like picture things. He's playing like Xbox. And I'm like, why aren't you at school, man? I'm sitting in class. Like, you went to school? I was like, why? Like, dude, when you were gone, this kid threatened to shoot up to school. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then like, yeah. So this all the like even some of the teachers didn't show up. Um, this kid had like really bad like mental problems and every this was like when the first like shootings really started happening at schools like when it was like it was the first one happened the second one happened and then there was like years where it didn't happen like they were kind of spread out now it just seems like it gets reported on like every week or some shit um but like yeah it was that like early on in it where it freaked everyone out for weeks and i had been in hawaii and i just messaged called my dad up i was like yeah man come get me from school why i'm like nobody is here he's like what are you talking about you took the bus this morning i was like i did take the bus this morning but i was kind of curious i thought everyone was traveling for holidays there's nobody here because of this situation my dad's like jesus well finish the rest of the day out you'll be fine is he there and i'm like i don't know i haven't seen him he's like there's if, if, you're, if it's like you're saying there's five people there i'm pretty sure he won't be hard to miss and i'm like okay so yeah they converged all the lunches the four periods that you have lunch different um there's like not that you eat lunch four times is that you have lunch yeah, different once, schedules but different yeah. schedules so everyone mm -hmm. has their own lunch period they all just converged it into one and it was literally like two tables that were out of the whole hundred something tables that were there uh because nobody legit legitimately showed up kid didn't shoot anybody but yeah stunning for me mm. yeah that makes sense with a school that size to have different lunch periods. Those are the kids and bringing it back full circle. Cause I know you got to go pick up your kid, but yeah. murderers. Sometimes you can point them out in grade school when they start saying they're going to shoot the whole school up. They're like, Hey, he, he did it early. He was a future thinker. If you think about it, that's a red flag. No shit. Red flag. Yeah. I would have been like, you're banned from this school for the rest of your life. Yeah. Hopefully he's not gone on to do anything. I haven't heard about him in a while, but we did have a kid that was a I little see the bit, really good news or really bad news. We did have a kid that was a little bit on the spectrum and he got arrested. Him and his dad got arrested a couple of years ago for having a bunch of child pornography in there. Yeah. And I literally, he was in my driving class and I, t I, I get weird feelings about people. And I always tell people, trust my instincts on that. Cause they're pretty like accurate. Like sometimes I'll, I'll be in a podcast with a guest and like a minute in, I'll be like, nope. I'm getting a weird vibe, just not doing it. She canceled it. Just like the energy's not going to click. And uh, I, I would tell everybody throughout school, I'd be like, I tell my buddy, I'd be like, hey, like this kid, something's wrong with him. There's something there. And then like just two years ago, all those 15 years I was saying it, I wasn't spreading around like a rumor. I would just say it to people like in that I was friends with. And then two, what, two years ago, everyone's like, yo, and they sent me that article. I was like, I called it. I called it. I said, I just didn't get a good vibe. There was something there. It was something. And I remember I was in driving school and this kid might've been on the spectrum. He's just awkward, socially awkward. He would get up when someone would use the vending machine and he would stare at like right in front of the thing, stare at the snack as it fell. And then he would say something in like, uh, you ever watch grandma's boy, the movie, he would say something like uh, the guy on there acts like he's a robot. He'd be like, I am, he would do that stuff. And he's like a grown ass man doing that. This kid would say things like that. And I, I just, I, I just, I forgot what it was. Um, he liked my little pony a lot. 
So my, he started talking about My Little Pony. He's like, you're a brony too? And I was like, no, but my buddy here is. And I pointed at my buddy and my buddy just looks at me like, he's going to fucking murder me. And I go, hey, you're fine. And um, yeah, that was just a, a little aside. But no, uh, he was, uh, I mean, from what I know, he was an okay kid. But yeah, that came out a couple of years ago. We've had a bunch of shit happen since high school. A bunch of kids that I, like we all knew, do some weird, horrible, a lot of deaths too. Lots. Yeah. What a macabre way to end this episode. Eh? Yeah, dark. I always like to end dark. Uh, British Murders podcast, everybody. If you want to look up Stu, check out his other episodes. You'll be able to understand why this conversation went the way it did. <laughs> Stuart, thank you again for giving me the time of your day. Please. Thanks for having me on and for skipping your breakfast or dinner or whatever to speak yeah. to me. You're welcome. Well, anything for you, buddy. Um, but seriously, thank you, Stu, again, for giving me the time. Is there a place where people can find your links? Promote them real quick. Britishmurders.com. Everything's on there. All right. I'll link that all in the description. Thanks, everybody, for chatting. Listen to this episode of Out of Blank. Stay tuned for next episode.